This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Happy New Year! Turn to somebody and say, Happy New Year! It is so good to see you this morning. What a powerful time of worship we have had today. Let's thank the Lord and let's thank our worship team, choir and band, all of our media team. Man, it's been so much already this weekend. How many were here last night? Raise your hand. Oh, wow, a good number of you. Thank you for being back. We're gonna be diving deeper. It is a different message, so I'm glad that you have come back. We wanna welcome our online family. We are so thankful that you're a part of our family and you're joining with us online. We want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you wherever you're at, wherever you're watching from, we're praying for you. I met some folks last night they said pastor they don't live in this state they said every weekend we watch you it's our fill we get filled up by watching online and so we just want to welcome our online family those that are in the house let's just show our appreciation and love I don't know if you can hear it through the microphones but we love you to our online family I like that word family say family We are a family. I've been away for a few weeks, and I gotta tell you, I've missed it. I've missed being in the house. I was watching online, and I'm thankful for what we do online, but there's nothing like being in the house and worshiping, getting around the altars, and just feeling and sensing a move of God in such a powerful, powerful way. Well, this year, we introduced it last night. This year's theme is shift. Say shift. We're moving in the 2023, and last night we introduced that. Man, we had a packed house, second service. First service was about as many as here this morning, a little bit more. Uh, the numbers came in, over 2,000 were in person last night. And uh, just, on, uh, just here at Fort Lauderdale, all of our campuses are having services this morning. And we introduced the theme, Shift. We looked at how Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land, how Moses had given some instructions and and had told the new generation, the second generation, that that was about to move into the blessing, the promise, receive what they'd been believing for for so many years, that Moses gave them final instructions and as he passed and leadership was, was given to Joshua, Joshua was encouraged to be strong and courageous. And, and we just looked at what does that mean for us in the shift that God wants to make? And we're going to continue today and over the next few weeks. We're going to be going into the book of Acts next week. And for the next several weeks, we're going to walk through the book of Acts. And we're going to begin to unpack in the book of Acts the shift that God wants to make. We introduced this theme by giving you the definition. And I just want to uh, look at that, the definition of shift. That it's to move or to cause to move from one place to another place. I don't know what God is going to shift in your life. I've been praying already, God, I don't know what it is. I don't want it to be what I want. I want to hear what you want, how you're moving me, our family, our church from one place to another place. But God, I'm looking and I'm praying and I'm seeking and I'm knocking and I'm asking and I'm tearing and I'm wanting you to show us, God, the shift that you want to make. Can I get an agreement in the house? That there is a change in position. That there is a change maybe in my emphasis or my direction or the focus of my life. That there is a divine shift. When we talk about a divine shift, it's supernatural. Say supernatural. Where God supernaturally begins to arrange some things that I can't do in the natural. And that God begins, it might be a little or a lot, he begins to change my position, my direction, and it's by a supernatural move of his hand. It's a supernatural, uh, if it would be, moment that God begins to move some things that in the natural would not move. How many can agree with that? Could be in your job, could be in your life, your marriage, your family, with your children, 
Man, for children that you've been praying for, for years and years and years, supernaturally, there can be a shift just like that. Where God's already working behind, and we don't see it, we don't understand it. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's something in your own ministry, and in your own heart, and your own desire. But there is a supernatural shift that God wants to release. What I'm excited about, as Pastor Christian introduced and shared with you, that starting next week, next week Monday... Next Monday, we will start what we, we do every year, and that is our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Man, it's an intense time. If you're new to CLC or if you've not participated before, I think it's what shifts us, to use our word, pivots us and gets us into a position for what God does through the remainder of the year, personally and corporately. For, one, for 21 days, we consecrate, we dedicate, we pursue, we focus, and in those 21 days, we are hearing from God. God begins to reveal. Many times for me, God reveals in pictures. He, he gives words. He, he begins to bring confirmation from other people that, that lines up to what God wants in my life. For 21 days, Monday through Friday, we have prayer services on the campus at Fort Lauderdale. Our other campuses will have their, their prayer meetings as well on different days. But at Fort Lauderdale, Monday to Friday, it will not be streamed live. Only Wednesday night will be live uh, streaming. Everything else will just be in person from Monday to Friday. Saturdays, we're doing prayer walks and, and walking around and praying over the city. And then we're together on Sundays. So for 21 days straight, we're praying and seeking and crying out to God and asking God to move in a powerful way. But it's during those 21 days that God begins to reveal we call them divine urgencies begin to arise. We begin to hear God's heart and we begin to understand what God wants to do. To accompany with that 21 days as we have a daily devotion. You'll get that. We'll be, begin to put that out next week where every day we corporately are reading and praying and, and, and just focusing on the same theme and it's bringing unity and it's aligning our heart. During those 21 days, we will have a, uh, it won't be all night, but we'll have over the midnight hour. There's something about praying over the midnight hour. And we will have a, a, a night prayer on a Friday night. And then we always conclude our 21 days with a revival service. This year, I've got some powerful, anointed uh, speakers that are going to be coming in, and you'll hear more about it. It'll be a, a, a Thursday night, a Friday night, and, and then a, a, a finishing on Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night. And so I want you to begin to get your heart ready because I believe there's something that God wants to do. Last night, we introduced to you, and I want to now, for the next few moments, I want to take a, a new part of that message and go a little bit deeper. But in case you weren't here last night, let me take a moment and just share with you uh, the context and the scriptures. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. That's where we're going to be looking, is in the book of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 1, we, we looked at the story. Now, it actually starts over in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, Moses has not passed away yet, and he's giving his final instructions to a new generation that has, that has, that has now lived through the desert years. For 40 years, they wandered in the desert because they, they, they didn't believe God. There was, there was a, a, a disbelief. There was a, a murmuring and complaining and, and fear that gripped them and held them back. Ten of the 12 sp uh, spies convinced the congregation not to move forward into what God had for them. And because of that, they were not allowed to enter into the promised land for 40 years. One year for every day that those scouts, see leaders in the house, your role is important. Leaders that are here, staff that are here, your role is vital. 
And we cannot hold back what God wants to do because of fear or doubt or self-promotion or our own agenda. We can hold back a move of God and a whole generation or congregation can miss out. If you're a leader in this house, take your role serious. If you're a leader in the house, gone through SOD. You're an assistant leader. You're a leader. It's not just a title, but it's a calling and it's a responsibility. And there is a shift in your leadership that must take place in 2023. This congregation needs you. Don't take it lightly. Don't let your lifestyle hinder others. Don't be apathetic and, 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 and complacent. Stand and be a leader. Ten of the twelve turn the heart with their murmuring, their complaining, their judgmentalism. You see, we get way too critical in the body of Christ sometimes. We're pointing out the, 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 the specks in other people's lives when the reality is there's some things in our heart that's got to be nailed to the cross and crucified at the altar. And it starts with the leaders in this house. If you can't rise up to the call that God's given to you as a leader and as a staff member, then it's time to lay that position down. It's not I that has asked you. It's the Lord that has asked you to rise up and be a leader that God wants you to be. And we need you to advance the kingdom of God. But let's not miss what God has because of pride and arrogance and because of being critical and judgmental and having our own philosophies. You see, Moses knew where God was leading them. And Joshua and Caleb one of my pastors texted me this morning and said, Pastor, what hit me last night is we need Joshua and Caleb's. We need Joshua and Caleb's. We need Joshua and Caleb's that'll rise up with faith. Joshua and Caleb's that'll say, give me the mountain. I'm ready for what you have. I'm ready to move forward, God. It's time for a shift. And Pastor, I'm ready. See, we introduced it last night. Because Moses said to the new generation that was ready now, they were the ones that were, that were ready to move in. Their forefathers have passed because they missed what God had wanted for them. And so now they're ready to rise up. And boy, there are young people coming up. There are young people that are on fire for God. There's a young generation that's ready for a move of God. And we want to be a part of all that God has. Can I hear an Amen. But what I would say is, for the older generation, God's not finished with us yet. There's Joshua and Caleb's that are in this room. Can I get an agreement? And man, we're going to take what God has. And so Moses said in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 2, it's linked to Joshua chapter 1. He says to Israel, you have stayed here long enough. You've been wandering in the desert. You've been on the border of the promise. Year after year after year, we looked at it, comes around and goes around, and we say a few prayers, and we make a few faith goals, and we have a few prophetic declarations that we, we declare, and yet the reality is we've not moved in yet. And so God said to Israel, you've stayed here long enough, turn northward. Basically, we said last night that it's time for a shift. And to make a shift... There are some principles that we've got to hold on to. One of my pastors texted this morning and said, Pastor, the shift is like a kairos moment. The shift is, it's a time to shift and it's a kairos moment. And if we're not careful, we will miss the kairos moment. Kairos is a Greek word that means it's a moment of opportunity. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And if we're not careful, we can miss what God is wanting to do in your life and in your family and in our church. It's a Kairos moment and we've got to grab it. And there's principles that help us. And so we looked at that last night where God said to Israel, it's time to shift. And in Joshua chapter 1 Moses now has passed away and the Lord is turning to Joshua and he, and he says to Joshua, my son, Moses has, has died. Now then, all 
of these people I want you and them to get ready to cross the Jordan River and go into the land that I'm about to give to you, them, the Israelites. So we looked at last night that this is a shift that is about to take place. And this shift for Israel meant for Joshua, there was a life change that was going to take place and that shift for him was going to change everything Because up to that point, he's been Moses' assistant. He's been serving with Moses and walking uh, beside Moses. But now he's going to have to step forward. I believe in my heart that that is a word for many in the church. That you've been following. You've been walking beside. You've gotten the training. You've been prepared. You've been watching. You've been serving with. But in 2023, God is saying, I want you to step forward. And I want you to take on what I am calling you to take on. Because there is a harvest. And there is an impact that I want to make. And I need you to do it. There's a spiritual shift. In 2023, I would challenge you over the next 21 days to say, God, spiritually, what do you want to shift in my life? I don't care what level of leadership you're in. You begin to say, God, what is it that you want to do in me and through me in CLC and through CLC for the kingdom of God and for your glory? What are you looking for in my worship? What are you looking for in my my knowledge of you and in my insight of you? What, God, are you wanting to shift in my giving? I've been giving 10%, but maybe, God, there's more that you want me to do. What do you want me to do, God, in my personal devotional life? What do you want me to do in ministry? What's the shift that you're asking for me? Now, why is this important is because I believe that there is a remnant of people that are thirsty to hear from God and want a move of God, and we're desperate for God to touch us and to move. And if we would begin to stir and stoke the fire and begin to stir up what God wants to do, that fire will become a flame, and it will burn and spread, and it will lead to revival across the land, and that's what God wants. There's a hunger, there's a longing, there's a desire, and God is attracted to our hunger. When you get hungry for God, when you get humbled before God, when you walk in obedience unto God and you yield to God, it attracts the blessings of God and the anointing of God and the touch of God, and that's what we want from the Lord. Can I get an amen? Say, yes, Lord. We want to see revival. Yes, Lord. We want life. We want power. We want anointing. We want miracles. We want an outpouring of your spirit. Yes, Lord. There's a spiritual shift. It says every week when I come, I'm longing. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. I'm not going to be satisfied. God, I, until I get a touch of you, until I touch the hem of your garment, God, no matter what, I want more of you. And every week, that is our hunger and our desire. That God, we're believing for miracles. When you come in on Sunday, you're believing for a touch of God. If you're not feeling well, then the place that you need to be is in the church so that you can get a miracle from God and a touch from God been a hectic week spiritually I believe there's going to be a shift where I'm not going to stay home it's been a busy week I'm just going to rest no 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 I got to get to the house of God I need a touch from God I got to get filled up from God we don't take for advantage uh, uh, advantage or or or, or we, we we neglect the to really realize what God is doing in our midst but that God want to move bring life back we're desperate for more of you we want your light to shine bright we want to be filled with the spirit of God we want a move of God that awakens lives unto the kingdom of God when we come in here on Sunday do you know that your worship is attractive to others When you come in here and you're undignified and you just begin to say, God, I'm going to dance before you and worship you and I'm going to give it all to you. It's attractive to God. David danced before the Lord. 
Sometimes God just wants us to lay down our pride. Sometimes God just wants us to move out of all of the religiosity and all of the things that sometimes we make it about and that we come in and there's only one thing and one thing only and it's to worship him with all of our hearts. There's a spiritual shift that will take place. And my ask for you is over the next 21 days, that that becomes a personal prayer. Is God, what is the spiritual shift that you're doing within me? Now I pray that that spiritual shift doesn't mean that God is moving you out, but moving you in to be a part of all that he's going to do. We looked at that last night. We looked at it was a shift that was life changing for Joshua. We looked in verse 10 last night and uh, and we saw that Joshua issued instructions to the leaders of Israel and he told them to get ready to cross over to the Jordan that God had promised Joshua up in verse three that what I did for Moses, I'm going to do for you. What I promised Moses, I'm going to give to you and I will make you and give you every place where you go in the land. And later in Joshua's life, he testifies that that indeed happened. In Joshua 23, in verse 14, at the end of Joshua's life, he's looking back over his leadership in his ministry, and he says, I'm about to go to the earth now. I'm about the past. But you know, and he's speaking to Israel, you know that not one of all of the good promises of God has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled, and not one of them has failed. So what I love is it changed Joshua's life. And I truly believe that if you'll consecrate and prepare for the next 21 days, you will God say, God, what are the shifts in my spiritual life? What are the shifts in my ministry? What is the shift in my life that you want to do? What needs to be shaken up and broken down? What needs to be yielded to you? What is it, God, that needs to happen so that I can hear your voice clearly, God, and know your way that God you would reveal it to me that in the next 21 days that you'll make that your prayer are you with me this morning or am I preaching to the online audience I don't know Hallelujah! glory 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 last night we saw that the shift requires some principles that we must embrace you see God's not just going to just going to to, to, to do it without your participation. If we're going to cross over the Jordan and remember that on the other side of the Jordan is the land of God's blessing. It's the promise. It's what we've been praying for and believing for and asking God for. It's what we've written down in faith goals and prophetic declaration. But to get there, it's going to require our participation going to take us trusting God and moving forward and walking in faith so Joshua said to his officers in fact in chapter 3 it gives us that story that as they're about to move into the Jordan he says to his officers go through the camp and give orders to all the people that when you see the Ark of the Covenant that represented the presence of the Lord, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites that are carrying it, you are to move out from your position and you're to follow it. You will know which way to go when you see that taking place because you have never been this way before. You see, a shift moves us from one place to another place. We're moving from one side of the Jordan to the other side of the Jordan. And we've not been over, Joshua and Caleb have, but the rest had not been there. And so the Lord is saying, follow the priests, follow the Levites, follow the vision. Because as you do, it will lead you across to the other side. And you've not gone to this area before. It's uncharted territory. It's something that you haven't seen. You don't know. You don't understand. There will still be battles 
battles over there. There's still giants over in the, the promised land, but I'm going to give you power and victory and authority, and you will defeat the enemy as you come over there. There are still giants there. They didn't die off, but now there's a new generation that rose up, and that generation has faith, and they're believing, and they're walking in unity, and they're going away that they've not gone before, but they are trusting their God as they walk that way. That is a principle that we must take hold of because as we get ready to go to the other side, what's the other side? Well, it may be your healing. What's the other side? It may be your financial breakthrough. What's the other side? It may be a new ministry or a new impact or a life that's going to be changed. Maybe it's a son or a daughter or a grandchild. I don't know what's on the other side, but what I know is that there's a shift that's about to take place. So he says, purify yourself, consecrate yourself, get ready for the Lord is going to do great wonders among you. Participation looks like for today that I'm a part of the prayer, I'm a part of fasting, I'm a part of the worship, I'm a part of serving, I'm a part of hearing the word, getting into the word, I'm a part of stripping away the things of this world, I'm laying my pride down, I'm living a life of humility, I'm walking in obedience, I'm just day by day by day. You see, God moves in the little steps of our life. We're waiting for the writing in the sky. We're waiting for the thunder and the lightning and the fire by night and the, and the clouds by day. We're looking for something spectacular and all God's asking for is our simple obedience. One step in front of the other. Follow my ways, walk in my way, purify yourself, serve me, seek me, trust me, walk with me and see what I will do in your life. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, tomorrow represents a new year. Tomorrow represents what God is going to do. I didn't share last night, but the participation in involving ourselves with what God is going to do, I believe requires us, our participation in going to the other side will require us to grow, especially in this day, in this age that we live in, to grow in spiritual discernment. You must grow your spiritual discernment. Discernment is one of the most important keys of supernatural living. Paul talks about it in Hebrews. Hebrews, in chapter 5 and verse 11, Paul says, there's so much that I would like to say, but it's difficult to explain it. I love Paul because he gets a preacher. There's so much I want to say, so many ways I want to say it, but it's so difficult to say it. So hard to explain it to you, especially, now this is Paul writing, <laughs> especially because you are spiritually dull. You're spiritually apathetic. You're not completely dead, but you're almost useless. That was me, not Paul. But you're spiritually dull, and you don't seem to listen. Now that tells me Paul's told them that before. That tells me other preachers had preached that to them before. And Paul was saying, listen, there's so much I want to explain, but I can't because you're spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. You've been believers. So who is he talking to? Believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to those that, that are not Christ followers. He's talking to Christ followers. He's talking to those that have made a commitment and he says, you've been believers for so long that you ought to be teaching others. Now listen, Paul's pretty hard on them, right? Basically he's saying you're spiritually immature. Immature means that you are underdeveloped. 
that there are things that haven't been developed yet. Now, the beautiful thing is that can change. That you can grow in your discernment. You can grow in your spirituality. You can understand the word of God. You are no longer going to be complacent because God is moving you to the other side. But to get to the other side, there's some things that I've got to do in my life. And he's challenging those that have been in the faith for a long time. He's not speaking to those that are new in the faith, but he's speaking to those that have heard the stories, been to the sermons, they've been around the mountain a few times, and he's saying to them, listen, you've been a part of it for so long that you ought to be teaching others now, but there's a problem, and the problem is that you're spiritually immature, and you're complacent, and you're apathetic, and I can't do what I, I, I believe that God wants to do in and through you because you don't receive it see discernment is developed first of all in our life by understanding the word of God the only way that I can really understand the word of God is I meditate on it I read it I concentrate on it I study it I ponder on it I take notes when the preacher is preaching I memorize things I get to know God and God's ways and his character I begin to learn how God moves and his word and it begins to enable me to be more discerning and so in 2020 Three, I pray that you and I will say, God, help me to make a commitment to your word, to study your word, to get into your word, to daily engage the word of God. We call it Bible engagement. It's going to be a key this next year is to help you to begin to engage the word of God because the number one thing that will build spiritual discernment in your journey is engaging the word of God. For the 21 days, maybe make it a commitment to read through the, through the gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. Make a commitment this year that we'll read through the Bible. Make a commitment that every day I will engage the word of God. So he goes on to say, but instead, you should be teachers by now, but instead you need someone to teach you again the basics about what? God's word. That tells me just listening is not enough. Just being a hearer of the word is not enough. You see, doing, being active, activating your faith develops your faith. It enables you to trust God. It, it enables you to depend on God. You begin to release what God has given. You see, the anointing that God has put in every single one of you is only the anointing when it's released in ministry. See, if you just go up into the mountains and isolate yourself and, and, and just me and God and that's all, you may think it's going to make you more spiritual or more mature, but I'm here to tell you that our faith has got to rub with one another and when we release our gifts and our anointing with one another, it strengthens you and it strengthens me and it helps all of us to become mature in the faith and to be what God wants us to be. So he says... You need someone to teach you the basics about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food. Say solid food. Is for the mature, who through training, you see, moving requires our participation. It's training myself in the skill to recognize, that's discernment, the difference between right and wrong. Discernment is learning to recognize good and evil, what is righteous and what is sin. To recognize what is influencing my life. 
Maybe there's some relationships that are having an influence, a negative influence on my life. I begin to recognize that. Discernment, recognize the temptations of my life and where the enemy is developing a battle plan against me. And discernment learns that those are areas of temptation. And so I've got to build boundaries and walls and ways of escape so that when the enemy comes, the temptation is not the sin. The temptation is the plan of the enemy to get you to sin. And so discernment recognizes that this is not a good place. I can't go here. I can't do this. I can't allow this to happen. I've got to put a guardrail. I've got to put a boundary. And I've got to make sure that I'm not going to allow myself to give in to that temptation. That's discernment. That I learned to discern the purposes of God. I learned to discern the will of God. I learned to recognize and hear the voice of God. I learned how to make godly decisions. See, that's my participation. I can pray all day long that God is going to shift me and move me into the promised land. But God is saying it requires your discernment, your obedience. It's a step of faith, step by step by step. The last two thoughts that I leave you with is that this shift will require courageous faith. Say courageous faith. We looked at it last night. In fact, when we looked at it, Joshua heard from the Lord. The Lord said to him in Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to defeat you all of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And can I tell you that what I've learned in my own spiritual life is there's two things that build courage in me more than anything else. The first is prayer, intercession. When I allow, like we did today, the Holy Spirit to touch my heart. When I get into the upper room with him and I pray and I worship, that's why I love being in person in a service. I'm thankful that we have the means of, 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 of virtual services because we have family members of our church that, that are not able to be in person. They're in other states, even other countries. We ate with a, a couple from Mexico a couple weeks ago, and they said every Sunday we watch your services, every Sunday in Mexico. The daughter said, I'm learning English by listening to your services. She says, you're easy to follow. That's probably because I'm simple. <laughs> you're easy to follow. I'm learning English every week. I'm watching and I'm, I'm listening. But you know what's happening is as we, as we learn to soak in his presence, that's what I love about being in person. We've got to do it every day. But there's something about coming together. Can I get a, an agreement in the house? And man, when I'm, I, I realized it today, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in a worship service, man, I'm praying more than when I'm surfing and watching sermons. I can hear lots of preachers, and, and some of you have five or six preachers you listen to every week, and I think that's wonderful, but we've got to be careful not to just be hearers of the word and not activate and encourage his faith to be doers of the word. And when I'm in person, I'm praying, I'm interceding. And God, in that time of prayer, begins to light my path. And something gets impregnated within my spirit. And it's his purpose. And it's his plan. And it's his will. And something begins to come alive within me when I'm worshiping the Lord. So in prayer and worship. Those two things linked together are like two wings of a bird that will enable you to soar. That eagle that will soar above the clouds and above the storms of life. I'm telling you, prayer and worship will engage you and enable you to win the battles that are going to come before you. And as you pray and as you worship, you'll begin to soar into the prophetic and God will begin to open your eyes and your ears and you'll begin to see what you've not saw before and no matter what will come against you you will begin to soar through prayer and worship and as you soar 
take you to new heights. When you look at the characters of the Bible, Joshua, Jehoshaphat, Miriam, uh, Deborah. Oh, we can walk all through the scripture. These were individuals that prayed and worshiped and God gave them strength. Your prayer and worship is vital. Your prayer and worship is vital. And we're doing everything we can to partner with you, to help you, to get into the word, to pray, to worship. Why is it vital? It's because it releases the will of God in your life. Prayer, intercession, worship, the word. Man, all of a sudden, you begin to receive divine revelation. An impartation through the word, through prayer, through worship, it opens the heavens. You want to get to the promised land? It requires your participation and courageous faith. I don't always feel like praying. I don't always feel like getting in the word. It's so easy to get distracted by so many other things. When I pray, when I worship, when I get into the word, I'm going across the Jordan. Why did I slow down? Is because I feel like I'm going to leave many behind. You're going to be left behind because it's not been activated in your spirit. We're a generation that hears and God says your faith has got to be activated. Your heart's got to be open. You've got to receive my word. You've got to let the fire of my spirit awaken you. And as you do, you'll begin to experience me. You will walk across those problems that separated you. The things that hindered you will no longer hinder you. God will separate the Jordan River before you. And you will walk over. It requires you to walk. God didn't transport them over. You have to walk across. And you're walking in faith. As you walk in faith, what keeps your faith alive is the word, is prayer, and is worship. I mean, go to the book of Acts. Paul and Silas are in prison. Now, you may not be in a physical cell today. But some of you are in a spiritual cell. Some of you are an emotional cell. Some of you are bound in habits and addictions. Some of you, there's chains that must be broken. Paul and Silas were in a prison cell. And what did they begin to do? They began to pray and worship. Man, as they begin to pray and worship. They were in prison, by the way, Pastor Sean. Because they were out witnessing and sharing their faith. They were out sharing the love of God and the grace of God. And they were beaten and battered and, and thrown in prison. And by the way, the church was praying for their release. So the church is praying. They're in prison because they were doing the will of God and the work of God. And that just tells me as a leader that it isn't always easy. And they're not always going to like us. And we might get beat up a little bit. Staff, can I get an amen? Every now and then we're going to get beat up. We're going to get stabbed in the back. People aren't going to understand it all. But we're doing the will of God. And when we're doing the will of God... We might get thrown in a prison cell, but what I know is in my prayer and in my worship, in my prayer and in my worship, in that cell, oh, you might be in bondage and you might be in an addiction and you might be broken and bruised. You might have gotten beat up by the world, but what I know is in my prayer and in my worship, something starts to happen and that is the presence of God begins to come into that cell and the walls begin to shake. And as the walls begin to shake, God opens the door. 
That's the power of prayer and worship. Prayer and worship confuses the enemy's camp. You're under a spiritual attack. You can't sleep at night. The enemy's attacking you. Just pray and worship because the enemy is going to be confused. The enemy thinks he's knocked you down. But I'm here to tell you today that God is about to open the doors. And an outpouring of the Holy Spirit man and Joshua when the priests got out into the middle of the river the river stopped and I'm telling you as you follow what God is going to do and what God is saying his power his protection his prosperity his presence that's everything that God promised to them that will be yours as you get out into the middle and you worship him I gotta finish this last point are you with me I know it feels late, but it's only been two hours. Hallelujah. I got to finish this last point. One of my pastors texted me this morning, this point. He said, Pastor, this point hit me so hard last night. And I'm sorry. Pastor, I'm... I want you to know I love you and I'm with you because this point last night hit me and by the way I only got this point out in the first service I didn't get it to the second service didn't have time but I got to release it today will you stay with me just a few more minutes turn to someone say stay with him if someone starts to get up pull them back down say no stay with him stay with him I got to go to the bathroom that's okay stay with him maintenance will clean up later stay with us Joshua chapter 1, verse 16. This is the last principle right here. And I'm not saying one principle is more important than any of the others. But this one is so powerful. As soon as the priests stepped into the water, it stopped flowing and piled up. Now what we know is that 17 miles upstream it began to stop up there. It didn't immediately part like the Red Sea. No, no, no. They had the priests, and I'm telling you, myself and our pastors and our staff, we're doing everything we can to walk in humility, to walk in discernment, to look out and say, God, what would you have us to do? And it requires courageous faith. And as we, pastors and staff and leaders, step in, what's amazing to me is that it had not yet parted. The Red Sea parted before they went through it. But the Jordan, this time they had to step into it. Believing what God was going to do. And church, all I'm saying is we got to believe. We got to walk together. It requires obedience. And as they stepped out, this is so powerful. They start walking into the Jordan. We know that it's at flood stage. Flood stage meant they could not cross it. They couldn't get a million people and all of the livestock across it. God had to part it, but it had not parted yet. They had to step. My prayer is over the next several weeks, say, God, where do you want me to step? What requires courageous faith? What is it you're wanting to do? And they stepped. And they kept walking. Now, leading it, Joshua, as a pastor leading it, I'd be saying, God, they're following me. I'm glad they're following, but God, <laughs> the water's getting deeper. And you see, 17 miles takes a while. God stopped it 17 miles up. And all I can say for some of you, listen, God's already stopped it. You don't see it yet, but God's already stopped it up. The Jordan is your problem, and God's already stopping it. 
taking a step and each step the water is deeper and deeper and deeper and as they get out to the middle right as the priest stepped into the water it stopped flowing and it piled up so it's as though it it just began to be a trickle and a trickle and a trickle and then all of a sudden there was no more Jordan and now they're walking across You see, as pastors and staff, we're believing with you. We're helping lead you. We're guiding you. We've stepped into the river with you. We're there believing for what God is going to do. And you've got to follow and you've got to walk with us. Now look at this next part. He goes on to say in Joshua, I think um, I'm back up in chapter 1, verse 16. Then they answered Joshua. Now this is a new generation. I just wonder, is the shift for 2023 for CLC, a new generation is rising in faith? Is the shift that God, we're seeing things new And we don't want it like it's always been. I really don't care what everybody else is doing. I really am not. Someone who's here last night, used to be in our church, said, Pastor, we've moved to a different state. And they do services in 65 minutes. And it's dry, it's cold. You can't feel the presence and the power of God. He said, I... I have to watch every week just to, to get revived again. You see, the reality is soaking takes time. Being in His presence takes time. But look here. They answered Joshua. Whatever you've commanded us to do and wherever you send us, we will go. Now that's not the point, by the way, that, I'm, that excites me. Because you love us, you follow, you walk with us. And I believe God has a special grace and a special anointing. It's a spiritual bond between a pastor and a congregation. Staff don't understand it. They don't always understand that bond. But it's because that there's an anointing in the position and in the covering. I don't have to demand it. I don't have to force it. It's a bond. When it's real, when it's genuine, when it's God-ordained, when, it's, when it's, it's what God has destined and prepared for that body of Christ, it's a sweet aroma to God. And so that's not the part that excites me. It's the next part. Whatever they said, you command us, Joshua, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Now, by the way, if I was teaching this to the staff, I would say, that's real important. If I ask you to go, man, give me, a, give me an answer like that. I'll go. I'll go. Oh, I'll pray about it. Sorry, I'll save that for staff meeting. Here it is, verse 17. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we will obey you. Only... May the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now what struck me is that the people begin to encourage Joshua. You see, they were so unified that they were saying, wherever you go, we will go. Where you send us, we will go. And God, we're so committed to walking in unity. But Joshua, stay strong, stay courageous. Joshua, continue to lead us like Moses led us. 
I love about this was there was a pledge of dedication to his leadership, yes. But the bold promise that they were making to him was a promise that said, we're going to stay unified. The promise that they were making, and let me tell you, it's a spiritual principle. When Nehemiah was rebuilding a wall, a wall that had been broken down and in shambles for over 120 years. Nehemiah shared the vision and the people said, let's do it. We can do it. And in 52 days, they rebuilt that wall. Can I tell you, there is power in unity. When we step where God's stepping, step, taking us, when we move with that which God is asking, when we walk with a, a unity of heart, there's a promise before us. And the promise they made is we'll stay unified. And it encouraged Joshua, but more than that, it, it galvanized the unity among them that released the anointing upon them that then as they went into the promised land, enemy after enemy that came before them, giants that was in the land, the people reminded Joshua, stay strong, stay courageous because there's going to be giants that we're going to face when we begin to take the land of the enemy. But be strong and courageous for we are with you. And in that unity, there's an anointing. Because it's a unity to advance the kingdom of God. No army will win a battle if they're not unified. No army will win a battle if they're shooting one another. How do we shoot one another today as we criticize, we judge, we speak against, we push our way, our thoughts, our philosophies? Man, I'm telling you, when we walk in unity, when our hearts are knit together, one mind, one heart, one accord, when we're knit together, there's an anointing. Let me end with this verse right here. In Colossians chapter two, wrote Paul's writing, and he's writing to the believers in Colossae, and he said, I wish you could know how much I've struggled in prayer for you and for the church at Laodicea. For the many other friends who have never known me personally. Wow, that never stuck out to me before. This is what I've asked of God for you. Paul saying to them that you will be encouraged and knit together. How? By strong ties of love. That you will have the rich experience of knowing Christ with the real certainty and with clear understanding. For God's secret plan now at last made known is this, Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the mighty untapped treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So church, I leave you this first Sunday of 2023. Let's advance in spiritual unity. Let's experience a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Let's experience a move of God. And let's advance into the promises of what God has for us. Can I hear an amen? Come on, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet with me across this room. And for a moment, I just want you to begin to pray with me. If you're at home, wherever you're watching from, I want you to lean into this moment for a moment. I want you to lean into this moment because I want us to begin to pray for an advancing of the Holy Spirit in our life. I want you just to begin to pray with me and begin to say, God, fill me with your spirit. Come on, church, lift your voice. Say, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me to overflowing. Give me the power of the Holy Spirit. Anoint me and help me, oh God. That God, I would embrace your purpose. That courageous faith would begin to rise up within me. And that God, I would begin to move. And as I move, a shift is taking place. Lord, I pray that over the next several weeks that there will be revelation, impartation. 
that Lord, you will begin to reveal the mysteries in heaven. Much has been said today. God, I pray that it's fallen in fertile soil, that there would be a harvest that's coming harvest that's coming Lord remove every hindrance every stronghold every prison door let it be open oh God I pray open it before us oh God fill us in our unity, I pray that there's an anointing. In our worship, in our prayer, in our intercession, let there be an anointing. Come on, church, begin to pray for revival. Begin to pray for an outpouring of God. Begin to ask God not only to touch you, but to touch this church. to touch the city through this church in these last few moments make it a place of prayer let intercession rise up that we would be fearless messengers of hope that God you would anoint us to take it everywhere the word to everyone impartation revelation 2023, let there be a shift in my spiritual life. Prisons will not hold us. Storms will not stop us. In the midst of opposition, let there be praise that rises, oh God. That God, you would give us discernment to see the battle, to understand the warfare. Shifts are coming. Shifts are coming. I hear the Lord say a shift is coming. Say yes, Lord. Shift, oh God. Let there be a revival in the land. I pray, oh God, that through our worship, through our serving, in walking with you in faith, that we would become a great lighthouse to this community. That, Father, the light would shine everywhere to everyone. Jesus, anoint me. Jesus, touch us. Lord, open our spiritual ears. Teach us to wait on you. To have an attitude that hears and listens. I make a commitment in 2023, Lord, to die to self. To surrender my will to you. Your plan, your agenda. Not man's plan. Not what the world would tell me I need to do. But God, what are you telling me? What is it that you are speaking, oh God? Lord, we commit our life to a life of righteousness that we would be more like you that we would develop your character your nature forgive us O oh Lord where we've allowed the values of this world to form and shape us strip it away 
in these last days, help us to see that we must do what matters most to you, oh God. What matters most to you. And Lord, as we go through the next several weeks, prayer, fasting, devotions, nightly prayer meetings, God, I'm making a personal commitment and I pray others will join me to be at as many of the prayer nights as I can. Because God, I want to hear from you. I want your agenda. I'd rather come and pray with the body of Christ than be at home watching TV. God, strengthen us. Give us vision and faith. Show us the secrets of heaven. And Lord, I pray that in 2023, you will expand our influence and our impact. Not only locally, but globally. That God, there will be pastors and churches that will be encouraged and strengthened because of what they see happening in Christian Life Center. That they will come and take it back to their nation. They will come and go back to their churches. That God, we would freely give as you have given to us. And Father, it's not about the monetary gain that we will get, but it's the impact of the kingdom. Expand our territory. Unlock your power over our lives. Release it, oh God. You tell us that you will do it according to the faith that's within us. And all God's people If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.